Welcome to Under Review, the podcast with Greg and Stephen for everything you want to know about the Rangers and what we think. So, Greg, how have you been? Not bad, man. Um, how about you going to uh, uh, you know the game today, Seacockle? How was that? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I, living in Vienna and the game being up in, in Bruno, uh, it was about 90 minutes to, to get there. So I woke up early and took the train to uh, to Bruno. Uh, first game was Finland against Russia. So when I got there, I was I was pretty pretty excited. Um, not just not just Kako, but the Russian team to, to see all those players. Living in Europe, I don't really get to see guys like Ovechkin and Kucherov and 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 Kovalchuk and and Sergachev. They were all playing. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. I uh, got to meet Kako after the game. He signed some pucks for me. Um, which was pretty pretty cool. Uh, spoke to him a little bit about the draft and uh, if he's if he's excited. He said he's really excited to go to the NHL, so that's a that's a good sign. Uh, and yeah, I, overall, I was really impressed with him today. Um, he played against a Russian team that was basically basically the 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 the, the level of of Russian team you would expect at the Olympics. Uh, like I wow. said. Like I said earlier, they had Ovechkin, they had Malkin, they had Kucherov, uh, Kuznetsov, I think, Kovalchuk. Uh, they had Gusev playing, who led the KHL in points. They had Kaprizov, who was number two in points in the KHL. They had Sergachev and Nesterov on defense. They had uh, Alexander Georgiev in net. Uh, at one stage, they had a power play where they went with five forwards, and Kucherov was still on the second uh, on the second unit. That's how. Oh, that's, how that's how many. That's how many stars they had. And Finland still beat them 3-1. All four goals were scored on the power play. Um, and yeah, the first the first goal for Finland was on a power play that uh, was actually the result of Kako drawing a penalty. So even though he, did, he didn't get a point on that first goal, he was directly responsible for Finland getting on the board. Um, he, had an, he had an assist on the second uh, power play goal for Finland. And yeah, overall... Just watching him skate as an 18-year-old against these players. Uh, and I know it's the Euro hockey tour, so it's not like the highest level, the highest compete level. But still, you know, when, when, you, when you see him skate past a guy like Nesterov or Sergachev, who, like Sergachev, is still in the NHL with Tampa. Nesterov played in, in the NHL for Tampa and Montreal. To see him skate past these guys and use his body to protect the puck, uh, I'm just very excited to 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 see this 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 kid in the NHL. Yeah, I think I think there's no way around it that the um, that the Rangers are probably going to wind up with him. Um, I know there's all this there's some speculation that that possibly New Jersey could take him first overall, but I, I think we've I think a lot of people have covered it enough that no GM is going to sacrifice that much and and right. and go all not not saying off the board, but just. You know, be be different and be bold than the consensus. I just think that they're not going to do that. So, yeah. Having said that, um, I think we could just. Ex- I think, I think there's. You know, I forgot who who tweeted this out today. I think it might have been Craig Custance, um, but he basically said that the draft really starts with Chicago. And the, the, that's the draft. True. Yeah, the draft starts at three, and Jack Hughes had an amazingly amazing under eighteen uh, world championship. Uh, I think he set the record for most points in a single tournament. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I know Kako has been great, but Hughes has, has not done anything to justify him slipping to second. Let's, let's put it that way. Kako yeah, has the, done- the only thing I would say is that I think Kako's play over the last several months has, like, I think, I think a lot of people said that it would take an enormous amount of good play to push the envelope where you're talking about a debate. And he has done that. So he's done everything he could. I mean, even if he has, you know, a, a fabulous tournament at, at, at the Worlds next week, yeah, possibly that'll maybe change the conversation a little bit. But, I mean, let's just say he, he goes absolutely stupid and they win gold and he just has a ridiculous tournament against all these pro NHLers. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, could, could New Jersey look at it a little differently? Maybe. But I still think they go with use. Yeah. The way I see it, and just, just correct me if I'm wrong here, but... Kako has done enough to go first overall, but Hughes has not has not done enough to slip to second. Yeah, I think that's fair. He, ha- I don't think his play hasn't deteriorated enough where you would you would uh, take him away from that slot. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, um, and I'd I'd be I'd be I'd be thrilled to get Kako on our team. Um, like I like I said, seeing him play today and get, and this is what this is why I like to actually go to games where and and I usually get uh, uh, trying to get seats behind the bench for two reasons. When I go to a game, I can focus on players just from the moment they step on the ice until the moment they get back to the bench. And the reason I like to sit behind the bench is because I like to observe players. When they get back to the bench, what do they do? When they had a bad shift, how do they react? Do they, do they, uh, do they let their head down, or do they? How, what, what's their response to a bad shift? And at the same time, what is their response to a good shift? Or what if their teammate has a bad shift? What if one of their teammates has a turnover that that causes a goal? Kravtsov had that in the world in the World Juniors. Uh, one of his teammates caused a turnover that almost led to a goal against, and the player comes back to the bench, and Kravtsov immediately goes over to him and, and, and talks to him and tries to, tries to get him back in, 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 like in, back in game mode. And I love seeing that. I love observing players that way. Um, and seeing Kako, following Kako for the full 60 minutes today, he's just a beast out there. The moment he's on the ice, it, 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 tilts, it almost tilts the game in their favor. It tilts the ice almost in their favor. And Finland did not have a good team today. Uh, someone else uh, posted on Twitter that the Russian team that played today had over 600 points in the NHL last season. The Finnish team that played today had only 12. Wow. And, and yeah, somehow, that's, a major, that's a major difference. That is a major difference. And that doesn't even take into account that they had Gusev and Kaprizov, who were the number one and two in points in the KHL, on top of those 600-plus points in the NHL this season. And, and and the Finnish team, they, they were just they were dominant. It's it's not that they beat them three one. They were dominating shifts when they were up three nil. Russia couldn't get out of their zone. Russia Russia was just pinned back in their zone for a good five six minutes. And and part of it was Kako. When Kako was on the ice, he he controlled the puck. He he kept opponents off the puck by using his body into the corner. Uh, uh, turning 180, going the opposite direction, just leaving his opponents wondering what he's going to do next. It was it was absolutely amazing to see this from an 18 year old who who is still to be drafted. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Just I mean, just the drop off in um, amount of production between the two the two teams for today's yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, and and Finland was built like a team, and you could see. And and one of my one of my friends who went to the game with me said it afterwards. You could see Finland played like a team, and you could see that Russia played like a bunch of individuals. And I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, you saw the game, I didn't, so I, I would, I'll take your analysis on that. Yeah. Um, so just moving forward for a second, so I, I think we can all basically say that um, that Kako, he's going to be a Ranger. I don't even think, I think the, I think the likelihood of him not being a Ranger is, I mean, under one percent. Literally. Yeah. I mean, we had to put some percentage on it. I think it's literally under one percent. Um, meaning, mo- meaning most likely, um, use is going to get taken at one and most likely the Rangers aren't, aren't going to go off the board and take, put Colson or, or, no, 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 no. I don't know, or, or cousins or something crazy. Like, I don't think they're going to do anything like that. Um, I did listen to, um, an interesting podcast, uh, earlier today, um, actually last night and earlier today with, um, um, with Craig Custins, and he was actually talking to um, to Corey Pronman, and they they were discussing a few interesting things about that. Um, what Corey heard is that out of all thirty teams he spoke to, there's I think he said a few teams that actually rate some of some of the American kids above Kako, like not a lot. It's literally, literally like two like teams or something like that. So yes, I, I, what are the odds those t- one of those teams are the Rangers? I would think next to nil. Um, I w- no, and and here's I, I don't think the Rangers are one of those two teams because the Rangers, first of all, the last couple of years, if you look at what the Rangers have been doing in the draft, they've been going after kids with pro experience. They have drafted Leas Anderson, Philip Hedel, uh, uh, Vitali Kravtsov, Nils Lundqvist, and later on in the draft, uh, they've picked guys like Kala Hjalin, uh, Jakub Ragnarsson, uh, uh, Lori Pajuniemi, uh, Patrick Verta two years ago. Um, they, they have been focusing on players who already play professional hockey. And, and I don't think the Rangers uh, would pick any other player over Kako. Um, and it, there's also this connection with the team he plays for with TPS from Turku. We drafted right. Rayunanen. I think we talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we drafted Rayunanen from them in 2016, Verta from them in 2017, Pai Niemi in 2018, and we signed Georgiev as a free agent, as an NHL free agent, from that same team. Um, we have we have a good connection with them because our Finnish scout has has also worked for the team and played for the team in the past. So I just don't see a reason why the Rangers would pass on Kako. No, I agree. I mean, I. I... I mean, based on what, um, based on what Craig was talking about, um, I mean, I, he said a handful of teams, meaning very few, um, could possibly put one of the American kids above Kako in their rankings. Um, I just don't see it being the Rangers. That's all. I mean, that's all. I, I think even that is probably when push came to shove, if any one of those teams won, you know, won the second pick, they probably changed their mind, but what a likelihood that it's the Rangers probably next to nil. So let's just, I mean, I think it's, I think it's almost, you know, fitting at this point. I know we don't like to put the cart before the horse, but I think you can pencil in Capo Caco in this, on this team. I think it's fine to do that at this point. I think, you know, look, if anything crazy happens and you know, the New Jersey decides to go off the rails and take him, 
well, then you just take use and you move on. But I, I think we're fine with thinking, thinking this way. So having yeah. said all of that, my question that I've had upon um, it to a couple of people is I think the Rangers desire to get back into the top 10 or even just straight up trade. So either trade um, into the top 10 or move from the Winnipeg pick, which we can discuss in a second, is no worse than 20th. Um, yep. Back down. Now that means, could it mean into the teens, like 14, 13? Could it mean into the top 10, like 8, 9, 10? I, I think that's entirely possible. I mm-hmm. think the Rangers do feel that way. They have um, the ammo for it. What's up? They have the ammo for it. They have the Tampa Bay second still. Uh, they have the Dallas Stars second, which, by the way, if Dallas wins tomorrow in game six at home against St. Louis, that becomes a first round pick. Um, so. Worst case scenario, we have two second round picks. Best case scenario, we have a second and a first round pick. We can use as ammo or as currency to trade up from that Winnipeg pick at twentieth, at worst at the moment. Yes, um, and I agree. I think I and and I posted this on Twitter. Uh, I think yesterday or the day before. The perfect rebuild. I see it at, uh, in, in in five phases. The first phase is you acquire, you trade your rentals, you acquire quantity. Uh, and and this, the, the second phase is you build through the draft. The third phase is you switch from quantity to quality, where you know you've you, you've you've built your foundation, and now you go out there and get your 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 top players, your your game breaking talent, and you can either do that in free agency, like with Panarin, or with really high draft picks like Kako, or in this case, do we really need a play a player we pick in the second round and then a player we pick at twentieth, or do we package those picks, move up to maybe 11 or 12, and get a player that the Rangers really want. And I think it depends on which player drops out of the top 10. Because so many players at the under-18s have played so well that, that they have been now rumored to go in the top 10. And there's always one or two players that, that jump into the top 10 unexpectedly, like last year with Barrett Hayton. And if players jump into the top 10, automatically other players drop out of it. And if one of those players that drops out of the top 10 re- is really high on the Rangers list, I could see Gordon pulling the trigger and just packing two, maybe three assets to move up from that Winnipeg pick close to number 10. Maybe even, maybe a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower. But I think, I think there's a definite possibility where the Rangers go for quality now and not, no longer for quantity. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, one team that really strikes me and um... – it's funny. It was it, Joe Fortunato um, was talking about it actually earlier today. Uh, he, he actually not within the last hour, and that's why I want to bring it up because he basically said exactly what I think is. I I look at this top ten, and I think what team here is desperate enough to make a move, meaning like they want to be competitive next year. Um, yeah. We all I, New Jersey, the Rangers. Um, are, are, are rebuilding. We know that. And that's, that's our pick, so we're fine there. The, mm. uh, the Kings are rebuilding. Detroit, Buffalo, maybe Buffalo, but even that, I don't think they're going to sacrifice anything. Edmonton is the one yeah. team that stands out to me that I look at it and I say, yes. Could there be some... They don't want to make... They don't want to have an unhappy McDavid. They don't want to have a scenario where he's, you know... I wouldn't say causing issues, but you know what I mean. Way out where just, you don't want way. an unhappy Connor McDavid on your team. I mean, that's just that's just bad press. And they're getting you know, they, they need to go for it. 
I mean, yeah. they almost need to. I, I hate saying it, but like they've been a disaster. And that is actually a good point. And the player they pick at eighth overall, what's he, what, what's what's that player going to do for them? If, if you look at the last couple of years, the players who were picked in that range, most of them need at least two years before they can actually make an impact in the NHL. And I use the, I use the term making an impact loosely. What, what they can play. 60, 70 games. It takes them two years from the moment they are drafted until they they actually have that 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 ability to to be a a decent NHL player. Does Edmonton have the time to wait another two years to basically waste two years of Drysdale and McDavid? Yeah, I don't think so. And that's why that's why to me, I I think that pick might be it might even just be up for grabs. Yeah, and I don't just mean I don't I don't just mean maybe trade down i mean they might just trade that pick outright it's so completely he, completely possible for so example he, oh, okay. chris Kreider okay. straight chris Kreider straight up for edmonton's uh first rounder this year i've spoken to people who say i wouldn't do it and i'm i'm 50 50 on it because it's, it's not that i that i don't think the eighth overall pick isn't worth it but and we discussed this earlier this week I think that I would be happier if we trade Kreider for a different asset that's 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 already that's that's already or close to playing in the NHL. You know, I thought about that too. I, I think I'm starting to come around to the the other side of this now. Um, I think for me personally, um, I just think that I don't know if Kreider is in their plans long term. So if that's the case and you can get a top 10 pick for him, mm-hmm. I am totally, like, I'm totally in favor of that, you know? And I, and, and, and let me preface this. A lot of it depends on what player is standing there at eight. Like to me, the Rangers have their board. So, um, there are, I, I don't know what their board looks like, but I think that there are a couple of guys out here that maybe stand out for, for the Rangers, you know, it, yeah. could it be, you know, um, could it be a Trevor Zegris? Could it be, you know, a Cole Caulfield? Could it be, um, I don't know, a Byram, which I don't think he's going to be there at, you know, eight. But, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But then again, they have a bunch of defensemen, so do they go that route? I have no idea. I mean, could it be Alex Turcotte, you know, Peyton Krebs? Like, there's a bunch of guys I think that the Rangers could value really high. And depending on, you know, they might look at, oh, we got Capo Caco. Maybe we go get a center. Maybe we maybe maybe if for whatever reason Trevor Zegris is there at eight, maybe they they make a trade. Um, so I think these are things that we need to think about. Whether that's trading from twenty to eight, or whether that's trading for that pick outright. I don't know, but it would not surprise me if the Rangers try to to move up and and improve upon that second that overall second pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that, and and yeah, th- th- there is definitely a case for for trading Kreider for a top ten pick. Um, to, I mean, two years ago we had that package that that we sent to Arizona, Stepan and Ranta for the seventh overall pick and D'Angelo. Right. Um, I think I think it could work, and like you said, Edmonton needs something. They need something to help them now. They do, and I, th- I think that something could be Chris Kreider. I mean, I think Chris Kreider makes a big difference on that team. You put him on the first line there with, uh, with Connor McDavid, uh, it's just like a, 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 great fa- a great toy for Connor to play with. 
Because there's there are very few people in this league that can keep up with Connor McDavid and you know play play at his you know his tempo. Chris Kreider could play at his, with it, you know at at his tempo. For how I'm long? not saying he's as fast as him, but he could that could work in terms of teammates. Yeah, of course. Um, my question is for how long. But again, that that's that's if if this trade happens, that's no longer our problem to worry no, about. No, it's not exactly. And and we we've discussed a couple of times of. At what point does Kreider break down in terms of his style of play? But you know that's not our problem. Edmonton could could totally take over that you know take that pick and say let's run with it for this year. Let's sign him to a you know an extension. We'll yeah. we'll deal with it. This is the same team that gave Lucci six million a year for I think seven seasons. So yeah, I know. I mean, but I mean, I mean, well, I mean, I, I I I would. You're the you're the cap guy. So could they afford? Um, could they afford Chris Kreider at this point? Well, or are they do they need to shed some weight? The thing is with with Kreider, he he has a contract for still one more oh, for one more season. Um, they 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 have some restricted free agents. I mean, Tobias Rieder, I don't think he's going to stay. Uh, Ty Roddy is is cheap. Um, I. Yes, they, they they can afford him next season. I think after that, I don't think I don't think you have to look at can they afford him after that uh, because teams teams will, will will make will make moves to make it happen. And I think Sam Gagne comes off the books uh, in twenty twenty, who has a three million cap hit. I think uh, God knows why they traded for him, but I guess they wanted to get rid of Ryan Spooner. So. Yeah, I guess so. One of the, the Ryan's the Ryan Spooner trade this season has been his his traje- uh, his his career path the last twelve months has been crazy. Traded at the deadline by Boston to the Rangers, signed an extension for four million, being traded for Ryan Strom, right. and then being sent down to the AHL, and then traded for Sam Gagne, who Edmonton had under contract a couple of years ago. Anyway, I, what was Shirelli doing? I don't know. But again, that's a question that everyone has been asking, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, they could use Kreider. Uh, are they willing to give up the eighth overall pick for just Kreider? That's my worry. Looking at this scenario, would they trade it? Would they go for a straight one for one swap, the eighth overall pick for Chris Kreider? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it is interesting. And if the Rangers do trade into the top 10, Without it affecting the Winnipeg pick, and maybe Dallas winning tomorrow, all of a sudden you go to four picks in the first round. Second overall, another top 10, one uh, 18, 19, or 20th, and then a pick in the bottom four of, uh, in the last four spots of the first round. Yeah, that would be, that would be ridiculous. We would, have, we would have 12 first round picks. Oh, sorry. Uh, no. We have nine first round picks in the last three drafts. Think about it. That's 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 crazy. That is crazy. Pretty awesome. As someone, it, it, yeah, definitely is. Okay. You know, looking at looking at, um, I'm actually looking at um, Edmonton's cap space. I mean, they got their projected cap space for next year is right around eight and a half million. So, yeah, they can afford Kreider. Mm-hmm. They can afford Kreider, especially if you figure they, you know, some of these RFAs maybe they. You know, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they, 
you know, maybe they trade him. Yeah, I mean, and, and with with the Rangers situation and the contract of be only being for one more year, I wouldn't even have a problem with retaining on his contract since it is only for one year and it may sweeten the deal a bit for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, he... I'm looking at their, you know, we could even take on like, you know, uh, who can we take on? Might help their salary. Would they trade? I mean, well, no, that 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 we would need to add to that. I would say take away like you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but like you need to add to that. So that doesn't make any sense for them. No, 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 no. Um, what bad con? I mean, the Lucci's contract, but I, I, no, that's not worth it. Uh, I, no, honestly, no. like the Lucci's contract, like you would need to give me like several, several picks. No one's touching that, but yeah, I'm, exactly. So yeah. we can move on from that. Uh, one. Yeah. Uh, so so Kreider for the eighth overall pick. Uh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But it it is an interesting, interesting thing, I think to think uh, proposal to think about. Um, I I do think the Rangers maybe they, maybe, maybe they need maybe they need uh maybe they need a goalie. Uh, you need a goalie. I, so we would literally go for for the the step on trade all over again, where we trade a forward. Essentially, and a yeah, it'd be a, sort of a carbon copy of it. It would be something like. Georgiev and Kreider for the eighth, and, and they probably throw in like a, they might throw in like a, a low level prospect. Oh. Although the reason why Stepan was valuable is because he was signed to term, which Kreider's value hurts because. Yeah, but they have a whole year to negotiate an extension. I don't. I also don't know what Edmonton would do, but I'm looking at their team. I mean, they need obviously they need a they need a goalie. Yeah. You know, so that they need. Yeah, um, I don't look. I don't think the Rangers are ready to move on from Georgiev before they get a good look at Chess Jorkin. I think that's probably fair too. And not speaking to, of, not, to say, not to say not to say that Igor is going to be a bust, but no, no, no. But you still they, have they, to keep your uh, you know, or a crazy injury or something. Who knows. They want to see Shesterkin before they uh, b- before they move on from him and 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 trust um, before they move on from Georgiev. Sorry. Um, speaking of which, um, those two goalies, it's going to be an interesting situation this season with Lundqvist, Georgiev, yeah. and Shesterkin because obviously Shesterkin signed. Uh, it was announced yesterday, uh, two-year entry-level contract. Uh, same with Kravtsov. Uh, he signed for three years. And the goalie situation is an interesting one. I know Georgiev is waiver exempt for another 17 games. Uh, so once he plays 17 games in the NHL this season, he can no longer be sent down without going through waivers. Uh, Gordon will have to uh, come up with something, uh, with something creative. Uh, maybe they start Shesterkin in the NHL and Georgiev in the AHL. Uh, I saw I saw Hockey Stat Miner post something yesterday that was kind of interesting. It was it was something along the lines of like you know bringing Hank, like like doing three three goalies, bringing Hank's, Hank's time back and kind of splitting duty. You could you could uh, I thought about it earlier this week and and my my theory what what I would do uh, is. Start Georgiev in the AHL for about 20, 30 games. Uh, have Shesterkin play, play a couple of games in the NHL. Then after 20, 30 games, you swap them. You have Georgiev play 15. And then 
depending on how Shestjorkin does, you can swap him again. And because that, that way, Georgiev stays under that threshold where he loses waiver exemption. Yep. And then close to the deadline, you just bring up Georgiev and you roll with three goalies the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, that way, you don't lose Georgiev through waivers. You can have all three goalies play significant games. And I think that's just the best, the best solution. And then the next year, reassess your goalie situation and, and see what you do. So your idea, so no matter what, you don't think they're going to move. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. I don't think they're going to move Georgiev unless they know what they have in him anyway. So I think that's I, fair. Georgiev's situation is also completely different from Cam Talbot a couple of years ago. Cam Talbot had, was on a one-year extension, uh, had no RFA years left. Uh, Georgiev is still on his entry-level deal. He has, and I, and I hate saying, but I hate saying it, but Georgiev looks more like I, I don't want to knock Cam Talbot, but um, Georgiev looks better. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think so. And he's also he just looks like he just looks he, his game looks a little bit more solid to me. Yeah, I, I just I just I think Georgiev is is valuable, more valuable than Talbot was, uh, due to his situation with RFA years left and his contract situation and. I don't see the Rangers moving on from Georgiev this summer, and I don't see the Rangers risking losing him through waivers. So they have to do something. And starting Shostjorkin in the NHL, uh, just to see what they have, it also that that would actually that that would be my preferred solution. But we'll have to wait and see. It's an interesting. Uh, and, I, and I also think I also think it's I also think it's possible that um, I mean, looking at the teams, you know, in the playoffs now, it. it it's just absurd how many teams really have awful goaltending. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if a team reaches out to the Rangers knowing their, their future situation and says, you know, would you take an offer on Georgiev? Would you take this? Um, and if the offer is good enough, I know, I, know, I know I'd rather see what I have, but I think I'm comfortable enough with my, uh, my goalie pipeline that I would take that risk. If there's an offer on the table, yes. But like you said, if you look at if you look at the playoffs, if you look at the goalies that are currently in the playoffs still, I mean, Martin Jones for San Jose is is garbage. Sorry, uh, McElhenney is. I mean, yeah. I mean, he comes in for Morozek. He's not a good goalie. Uh, ben Bishop. I saw him do something in the last game uh, that that where Jaden Swartz scored the two one. Uh, the the giveaway. Yeah, he just yeah, that was bad. That was really he bad. He gives it away. Oh, it, it's it's unbelievable. How does how does Dallas get get this far with that goalie? I I, I, don't... I I made the same comment the other day. I was like, I have no idea. And then you have the Islanders who who swept the Penguins with with Leonard in that, who now got swept by Carolina, which is pretty. To funny. be fair, I mean Leonard's had a good year though. I he actually yeah. did have a fine year. Yes, he had a good year, but one good year doesn't make you a great goalie. No, no, not at all. I mean, if you're asking me, what is he going to repeat that next year? The odds are on highly no, <laughs> highly yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's where they. It's a, he's a big reason why the the Islanders are where they are. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I mean, I said to a couple of people when the Islanders were matched up against Carolina, look, I didn't think Carolina would sweep them, but I said Carolina would win in five six games because I just thought they were they were a much better team. Um, and that's not a knock against the Islanders because I think they've. They, they got something nice they're building towards. But when you've got basically like, you know, 
a bunch of fourth liners at Matt Barzell, like it's kind of hard to to really do too much. Like there's there's a significant uh, lack of skill in terms of finishing on that team. Yeah, if you have basically three fourth lines, you're you're just not going to win a cup. No, you're not, and that, that's that's a huge problem. And and the Islanders ran into that situation where um, at some point your defense is going to you know to to give up some some goals. Your your goal is going to give up some goals, and you're going to need to score some goals in a, in a team that plays defense as well as you do. Yeah, and Carolina is a very good defensive team. Oh, and the fact that they're yeah. very stingy on 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 you know because of their defense, you're going to have to earn some goals. And if you don't have a you know a roster that is constructed with some elite level scorers or some high level talent, it's going to be very difficult for you to overcome that hump. You're going to need to find some scoring somewhere other than Matt Barzell. That that is a good point. And Carolina people people talk about how good Slavin is defensively, but he he has more than ten assists. This this yeah, I don't I don't I, I think that even surprises him. Uh, I, I did not expect that at all. He's great defensively, but now he's chipping in on offense. That's one of the reasons that Carolina has reached the conference finals. They have guys like Tara Vinen, who, who has been absolutely amazing for them. Uh, Justin Williams. Justin Williams haven't had a great series, too. He, he has won three cups. He might win a fourth. He might win two cups That's with cool. Carolina and two cups with L.A. In that's his career. Crazy. Yeah, I know that's crazy. Come, Think about come it. back full circle and win a cup with them. Think about it. If that happens, that would be that would be insane. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, Sebastian Ao is. Oh, that kid is ridiculously good. Yeah. I, I I love that kid. Yes. Um. And, and they're so much fun to watch. That yeah. the whole the whole bunch of jerks thing. They embraced it. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, of of and and of some of. Our listeners are probably watching Game of Thrones as well. There's this episode in season one where Tyrion says to Jon Snow, uh, um, you know, uh, being a bastard, wear it like armor uh, so it cannot be used to hurt you. That's what the Carolina Hurricanes basically did with the bunch of jerks remark. They, yeah, they, they, they completely flipped the script on them. They, yeah, and, and their celebrations, I love them. You know, you, you watch games to be entertained. And, and seeing those celebrations, I mean... The, the opposing team is already in the locker room. Your fans are still in their seats to, to see this, these wacky celebrations. Let them, let them do it. Let them have fun. I, and, I agree, man. I, 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 don't like, I don't like the old farts who come in here and like, oh, well, I don't you know, respect the game. And I don't know, whatever their fucking stupid asses are saying. But like, no, man, I, I, I want to have fun. I watch you know, a game because I want to have yeah. I want to be entertained. Exactly. That, that's me. And, and, and you it, can't tell me how I can enjoy my hockey game. Sorry, yeah. too bad, so sad. And it reminds me of uh, of the NFL, where and I and I know some of the celebrations have gotten out of hand over the years, but you know you you see a right receiver scoring a touchdown in a really big game, and they celebrate because they're really happy, and you hear these commentators say, "Act like you've been there before." Yeah, I know. No, celebrate! You scored a touchdown in the NFL. Just celebrate. Have your have your five six seconds of fame. Just just have fun with it. Yeah, I feel the same way when I watch baseball players and they hit they they hit big bombs and they flip their bat. Like I have no issue with this stuff, man. Like I have no issue with celebrations. I really don't. You know, here's how I feel. Like if you're the other team, you don't want to celebrate, shut them down. Yeah, stop them from scoring. Stop them exactly. You you know, you're a pitcher that's upset someone. Did someone uh, hit a home run off of you? Guess what? You should have struck them out. You should you you should have you should have pitched them inside and struck them out. Yeah. You know, should have left one over the plate. That's how I feel. And if you're a you know NFL player that gets mad, someone. 
you know, celebrating a touchdown? Well, how about your defense make a play? <laughs> yeah. So exactly. Cut me, cut me, and yeah, cut me the shit. And your fans buy a ticket to be entertained. Yeah. And and to me, celebrations are part of the entertainment. And I complete I completely agree. And the Carolina Hurricanes have embraced it and, and it's just it's it's been amazing. Um I, I completely agree. I agree hundred percent, man. Yeah. And you know, every other playoff series that's that's been going on so far for Ranger fans, it's 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 fun. You know, you you watch Columbus and you go, Oh, I want them to win because the Winnipeg pick will be will be one spot higher. Yeah. And the same with Colorado and Dallas, you want them to win because then we get that first round pick. I also, I also want selfishly. I also want Columbus to win because I here's a couple things. I think one. I think I know some people think that if Artemi Panarin wins a cup, he's likely to stay. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards what you think now. The, the more likely they win, the more likely he is to go. However, he wins the cup. All of a sudden, like his his he's going to be a lot more expensive. So maybe don't yeah. win a cup. <laughs> no, no, no. But if they win a cup in Columbus, why why stay? What do they have left to prove? No, you're right. Nothing. You won the Columbus Blue Jackets, if they do. You won the Columbus Blue Jackets a cup. What do you have to prove in the city of Columbus? Okay. You, got them, you got them a cup. They'll love you forever. You go somewhere else and try to do it again. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been so much fun to watch these playoff series. And, 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 and the other thing that makes it so much fun is that all the big teams of the last 10, 12 years, aside from Boston, all the big teams are either already out of the playoffs or didn't even make the playoffs. The Rangers, the Penguins, the Blackhawks, the Kings, the, the Ducks, the, the Capitals, the Lightning, they're, they're no longer there. It's yeah. so refreshing to see some new teams. Yeah, you're gonna, a team is going to win the cup that either hasn't won before or hasn't won in a very long time. Yeah, the, the Bruins won it in 2011. The, the Hurricanes won it yeah, in Yeah, they're probably the most recent one, I think. The they are the most recent one. And the, the Hurricanes won it in 2006. Uh, the Stars won it in 99. The Avalanche won it in the early 2000s. Um, and that's it. The Sharks haven't won it. Columbus hasn't won it. St. Louis hasn't won it. And th that's why, for me, the Stanley Cup final last year was, was so entertaining. You have two teams who have never won it. Yeah, Vegas it was their first season. But still, you, you were going to see a new team lift the cup. It, it's, it's fun. As a neutral fan, it's fun. I was just sick and tired of seeing the Penguins, the Kings, and the Blackhawks combined for, for, what was it, seven out of the last eight, eight cups at the time? I just, I, 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 was, I was just done seeing the same teams win over and over again. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, actually. And as a Rangers fan, I mean, I, I'm 34. I grew up in Europe. I became a Rangers fan in the early, early 90s. I... I dislike the Penguins more than any other team in the league. I know people who grew up in New York really hate the Islanders because, you know, I understand. But for me, the Penguins, I, I don't, I don't, I like them. I, I dislike them more than any other team. Seeing them go back to back winning two cups was probably the, the, um, the worst outcome of those two seasons for me as a fan. Yeah, I, I think if I ever had to rank the teams that I hate the most, it would be Pittsburgh 1, and then it would be New Jersey 2. Yeah. I actually dislike – I dislike New Jersey more than I dislike the Islanders and more than I dislike Philly. Now, why is that? Well, because for me, I grew up – you know, where I grew up in Brooklyn, I was a little bit closer to New Jersey. I had a lot of friends that were Devil fans or lived in like Staten Island and New Jersey, and they went to – you know. 
they went to Newark to go watch games in the Prudential Center. They didn't go to, mm. you know, um, they didn't go to the Garden. They weren't Ranger fans. So I had a lot of friends like that growing up. And when the Devils were really good in the late 90s, I just heard it left and right. And I got so sick of it. And I got so, I got so sick about hearing about Marty Brodeur that I despised that team. Yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, you, it, it's shaped by your own experience. I mean, in your case, most of your friends were Devils fans, so you, so you dislike them more than the Islanders. It, it makes right. sense. And people who uh, uh, watched the Rangers in the 70s and 80s probably dislike the, the Canadians and, and the Bruins more. To a degree. Yeah, I think that's probably and, and the Islanders too. If you're born in the '80s or born in the '70s, and you hated seeing the Islanders win all those cups, so I mean, I get I mean, that, and I didn't but, experience that. Like for me, I didn't. I I wasn't watching hockey when the Islanders were winning cups. I was I was being born. Yeah. So for me, I really have no no that not that much hatred. You know what I mean? If you think about it, the the Islanders were like just you know they were very eh throughout most of my childhood. Whereas the Penguins and and the Devils. We're really freaking good. Yep. So I had to watch them win cups and shove it in my face all the time. So I despise those teams. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. And and a couple of guys on Twitter have asked me this question, so I'm just going to take a minute or two to explain. A couple of guys have asked me, how does a guy from the Netherlands become a Rangers fan? And I think you asked me as well earlier this week. Yeah. And it's a story that I've explained several times already, but... Uh, when I was younger, I watched TV. Coming, you know, come home from school, you switch on the TV, and there was a, a station called Eurosport, and they were showing highlights of the NHL. And I started watching them, and I, I, I really liked it. So I watched it a little bit more, a little bit more, and after a couple of weeks, I like. And this was 1990, and and. I picked the Rangers, and the reason I did is because I thought as a kid that it was weird that they were the only team without a logo on their jersey. They had the diagonal letters, and that's all they had. And, and that's the reason I'm a Rangers fan. And it's been over 25 years now, and I'm still here. Still here supporting the Rangers and following them, following their prospects. And that's... A lot of people in the Netherlands follow the Flyers because they play in orange, which are the national, which is the national color of of the of the country. Um, a lot of Swedes are Rangers fans because of Lundqvist. A lot of Czechs are probably Penguins fans because of Jager. Everyone has their own reason for picking a team, and this one was mine. That's an interesting story. Yeah, and I, mean, I would I would ne- I would never guess that because for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's funny when I meet someone from Europe and I'm like, oh, you're a fan of an NHL team. Like, okay, cool. Like, maybe you're an but expat. What? Maybe you got yeah. relatives here in a certain area. Who knows? But uh, you know, yeah. your story is even more bizarre. I did not finish North. I did not visit North America until 2016 or 2015. I went to Seattle first. My first NHL game I watched in 2016. Uh, Rangers against the Oilers in November 2016 at the Garden. I I was I was 32. I had just turned 32 when I watched my uh, uh, my first Rangers game live. But yeah, growing up in Europe, it's it's not as easy as just you know take taking the taking the uh, the Long Island Railroad or whatever train or the M train or whatever train that goes into the city to go to a game. You have to actually fly all, all the way across the, the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, you are you are you are you are a bad man, man, and I mean that in a good way. 
yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. And, uh, you know, I, what, the other thing I do is just following our prospects around Europe. It's, 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 it's fun. And everyone has their hobby. Some people spend 5,000 euros or, or, or $10,000 on fixing up a car. Others collect stamps. And this is my hobby. I spend a couple of hundred euros to fly to Sweden to see Nils Lundqvist play and to meet, meet up with him after the game. Yeah, and that's pretty. That's pretty dope, man. I think any. I think anybody who's criticizing that, to be honest with you, is completely fucking jealous. Uh, there was one. There was one guy on Twitter who called me out on it because I met Niels Lundqvist's uh, grandparents at uh, at an under twenty uh, tournament in in the Czech Republic, and then I met Kraftsov's dad in Vancouver at the World Juniors at a Starbucks. Completely random. He recognized me from a video. The video from Helsinki. Uh, that's which, wild which was shown on, on, on Russian television and everything. Anyway, this, this one guy on Twitter calls me out and he goes, yeah, you should really stop harassing these people. Dude, I'm not harassing them. I'm going to games and they approach me. They, they see my sign or they, they notice that I'm wearing a jersey with, with their kid's name on the back. They approach me and they ask me for a photo. Niels Lundqvist's grandpa has my banner from that game in his attic. He asked if he could have it after the game. I'm not harassing anyone. I've, I've never been the type of person to, to approach someone. Today with Kako, I almost felt guilty asking him to sign some pucks for me. I was, I, I'm, I'm 34 and I'm talking to this, 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 this kid who's, who's, who just turned 18 and I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not the type of person who just walks up to someone and starts, and starts a conversation or like a player or something. No, I, I still I still get nervous when when I when I'm close to players. But then again, I never had you know that experience that 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 most fans have, where they go to games with as a kid, and they get to meet a player as a kid. And I never had that experience. I lived in the Netherlands. I had to watch it on on, on TV, and later on internet. I that that's how I became a fan. I never I never had the the option to go to games. So in a way, I'm I'm still a kid. <laughs> 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 i'm experiencing i'm experiencing these things for the first time now yeah listen anyone who calls anyone who do, doesn't you know gives you crap about that is a pure fucking hater in my opinion because uh, everybody fuck, it, i'm telling you personally you know do i wish i had the money to travel all over europe and watch hockey games yes mm-hmm. uh, i absolutely wish i could do that so anyone who tells you no is absolutely crazy the reason why i don't go enough why when I lived in New York, why I didn't go to enough Ranger games is because I flat out couldn't afford it. But if I can afford it, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, hockey games here are really cheap. I sat behind the bench today for 25 euros, which is about $30. Yeah. For 30 bucks, you can barely get parking in Manhattan. Uh, if I go to a KHL game in Bratislava, a ticket to sit behind the bench is around 25 the same price, like $30. I can buy a beer and a hot dog for two euros and fifty cents, which is about three dollars. That's so crazy to me. I don't think you can even go to the bathroom for three dollars at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do shit. You can't even like look at the place without getting charged for something. I, I was there in February and a beer was sixteen dollars. I had one. I had one yeah, beer. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. But it's it's expected. Um, yeah. But yeah, all these European prospects, following them around is just fun. I've, I've been to Sweden a couple of times. Next season, I hope to see uh, the other Swedish kids, like Ragnar Sol, who now plays in the, he's going to play in the SHL. Um, uh, Kalle Charlene, who won promotion to the SHL with his team, Lexand. Um, yeah, 
I think the prospects that we already have, they are looking really good. The ones here in Europe. Um, two of them signed this week. And especially the Swedish kids are very impressive. Nils Lundqvist has had a great season. He, he tied Eric Carlson's point total for an 18-year-old defenseman. Wow, that's uh, crazy. That, it is, it is. And he plays 17, 18 minutes on Lulio, which is one of the best teams in the country. They finished, I think, tied in points, but they finished second in the regular season. And this kid is playing 17, 18 minutes on that team as a defenseman, as an 18-year-old. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And everyone's going on about Keandre Miller. And Keandre Miller is a beast. He's a great prospect, and I'm really happy that we got him. But I think people are underestimating what Niels Lundqvist has done this past season in the Swedish Hockey League. Well, I think the reason why, and, and just to be, I'll, I'll give you um, maybe a little bit more of an American point of view, um, is I think us over here in, in the States, or at least in North America, we don't have access to these games and see as much as you guys do. So, yeah. whereas college hockey games, they're played on, on Fox. They're played on ESPN. Mm-hmm. We get to watch these games. Um, even highlights, we see them much more for the, the, these kids who play in you know, NCAA. So, and even in the juniors over here, sometimes, like if you, especially if you live up in Canada, you get to see some of the junior games. But that's a, that, you know, we have that access to it. We barely have access to like, you know, the AHL stuff. So <laughs> never mind, like these leagues in, you know, over in Europe. So like the KHL and the SHL and Liga, like we are so far removed from them that we have no frame of reference for that. We have no idea what's going on there. So it's very hard for us to understand. We see all the stuff about Keandre Miller because he's local and local. What I mean is like, he's in our country. So we get information is easier to find. Yeah. You know, he's, he, first of all, he's an American. So that makes it easier to find. Um, secondly, he plays in, in a college here in the States. So people who, uh, you know, go to Wisconsin or watch any college hockey, they get to see him. So it's just more information. And usually when you have more information, you're kind of, there's a little information bias there. Yeah, no, I get that. But, uh, part of my point was more that I've, I've had a, had conversations with people uh, on Twitter, for instance, where they go, oh, Lundqvist only had 10 points. Oh, blah, blah. Uh, Kravtsov only had 21 points. Yeah, but you have to understand that quality of opposition matters. Um, and oh, when that I was, was big time. When I was at the draft in Dallas last year, and the Rangers picked Kravtsov ninth overall, I was excited, man. I, I, lo- I liked Kravtsov going into the draft, and I was hoping that we, that we would be able to pick him. So when I heard Cordy Clark say from Dr. Chelyabinsk, I was already I was already screaming. That's how happy I was. After the pick, I, I go to the bathroom and there's this guy in a Rangers jersey and I was wearing a Rangers jersey. So we start talking about the pick and he goes, oh, uh, I just looked him up and and uh, he barely scored. And Wallstrom had 94 points this season. We should have picked him. And I said, yeah, but that's not how you should look at it. And he's like, oh, well, uh, if Kravtsov cannot even score 20, uh, yeah, but he plays in the KHL. That's it. That's, that's an, an important, that's important when, you, when you start comparing numbers, and not everything is about numbers. Let's not get into that whole debate. But when you start to compare the numbers, yeah, uh, Wallstrom's had 94 points maybe in, in you know, playing against kids, and Kravtsov plays in the second-best league in the world against professionals. Large major, a large part of them have NHL experience, and I think that is lost on some people. 
I'm not saying all of them because a lot of people actually understand this, but some people it's lost on them. They 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 just look at they just look at the at, at elite prospects or hockey database, and they go, oh, he had so many points this season, and this guy had so many points. Yeah, I don't want the other guy. Yeah, and I think, and I, I you're you're absolutely right. And the thing is, more than anything, is the quality of opponent. I think that's the 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 one thing I want you to hammer home on onto people is. Quality of opponent makes a big difference. Yeah. There's a big difference in you racking up 100 points versus a bunch of college kids or you putting up a half a point a game against, you know, 26-year-old men. Yeah. Regardless of their skill level, they're 26-year-old men. They've played professional hockey. They are playing professional hockey. A lot of these kids in the NCAA, they're never going to sniff the NHL ever. Yep, that, that's a good point. I think I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was something like ninety percent of college kids don't even never never play uh, uh, even in the AHL. And I think I think below the AHL, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's that's not even professional hockey. That's that's semi-pro. Yeah, yeah. So and, and, that's, and that's a very good point. When you start thinking about the quality of opponent, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Because every every opponent Kravtsov played against this season plays professional hockey because the KHL is a professional hockey league. That's right. And, and Lundqvist in the SHL and what Kako, what Kako has done last season in Liga in, in Finland. I know I know Liga is not the league that it was 10, 15 years ago, but still, he he broke the record set by uh, I think Barkov for goals in a single season by a seventeen year old. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and that's the comparison you should look at. How does he compare to other players at the same age in the same league? That's why the comparison for Kravtsov, guys like Tolvanen and Kuznetsov, Panarin, uh, Kaprizov, uh, uh, Tarasenko. And I've had some tweets throughout the season where I compare Kravtsov's uh, uh, production um, and his contribution. So how many goals that his team scored while he was playing did he contribute to? And for Kravtsov, it was 26.5%, I think. And it was a higher percentage than all these players I just mentioned in their season after being drafted. And that's the comparison wow. you should look at. Kravtsov's team was historically bad this season. They had 1.6 goals per game. It's the lowest goals per game uh, average by any team in KHL history making the playoffs. That's how bad they were. When he left for the World Juniors in December, he led the team in points. Wow. wow. That's pretty crazy. It is. And I'm not saying that Kravtsov will be uh, uh, putting up 130 points in the NHL, but what he's done so far, I don't have any criticism. Yeah. yeah. He has exceeded my expectations so far. Yeah, it's a good yeah. Okay, so, okay, so uh, uh, um, yeah, let's yeah. wrap this up, I guess. Um, so I'm glad we got a chance to do this quick podcast today. But um, uh, I guess here, here's how we should wrap this this podcast up. Um, I think a couple of things that the you know the, yeah. the listeners out there, Ranger fans, should should keep aware of are a couple of things. Number one, Kako is probably most likely going to be a Ranger. The, out, the likelihood of him not being a Ranger is almost nil. So don't even think about it. Don't even worry about it. There is a really high likelihood at this point that the Rangers are going to have um, two picks aside from their own within this round. It looks, I mean, Dallas has to win one more game 
to and they play uh, to at the Western well. Conference Finals, so they get another pick there. So we're going to have three picks in the first round. Also, don't be surprised if Gorton makes some moves and tries to get into the top 10, whether that's combining picks, trading assets for a pick. I think it's going to be super aggressive there. Um, so I think we're going to see even more action in terms of the, the Rangers trying to hit hard on this draft. More, like on top of Kako, I'm saying. So I think that's another fact, another thing. Um, Steven going to the games today seemed like um, Kako was everything that we could expect and more. Um, granted, it's, you know, uh, this isn't, you know, I don't know if these players are playing at their, their highest peak level, but guess what? These are pro NHLers and they're all, and, and, and Hall of Famers, some of them. So let's not act like they're going to give this kid anything. And he played well. So that's a huge, that's a nice little uh, feather in his cap before Worlds come, comes around next week. And then I guess to top it off is, you know, where, where we go with this rebuild, um, a lot of it is going to be determined on what additional moves are made. Because I think that we're starting to see the, um, we're starting to come full circle to the last, last stages of this rebuild. Because we've got a lot of our pieces, and, and, and like Steve was saying before, is that we're starting to look for more elite pieces or cornerstone pieces than anything else. So that's why I, I'm not surprised if Gorton tries to move back into the top 10, maybe trades a late, um, a late first for an established player. None of these things would shock me because I think Gorton is starting to see that they're probably going to be competitive next year. You know, not, now, does that mean they're going to make the playoffs? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, they're going to be competitive. They're going to be more competitive than they were this year. So he's going to try to establish that culture and start putting pieces together so that maybe maybe next year they are this year's Carolina Hurricanes or last year's Colorado Avalanche or this year's Colorado Avalanche, depending on how you look at it. So um, I think that's Gordon's plan. Um, anything to add on to that, Steve? Uh, no, I think, I think that's, that's, that's how I see it as well. Um, Gordon will look at, at adding like these, the missing pieces now. And whether that's Panarin as a free agent or doing something something radical like trading Chris Kreider for an established but still young NHL uh, piece, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But this offseason is going to be huge for the rebuild. Um, if you look at what uh, Gordon did in his brief time in Boston, he, he started building the team that won the cup in 2011 and the, not just that it's a team that has been competitive for almost a decade i think i think some people underestimate that and yes i understand winning the cup is important but having a team that competes for almost a decade even if you only win one cup it's so great for for your team uh, between I, I agree i mean i think i know people hate hearing this sometimes but it's better to be competitive for a decade right. in the playoffs every year and maybe only win one cup then do what you can to win a cup immediately and maybe be really bad for a decade. It's actually not good for your, in terms of like, first of all, it's not fun for you as the fan. I know at the end of the day, everyone wants to win a cup, but let's be honest, you want to enjoy the team every year too. Like it's, it's, it, it is both. Um, anyone yeah. who says, Oh, you watch all the games you want, you know, you, I get it. Like, you know, you'd sacrifice some bad years for a cup. I would too, but I think at the end of the day, you, you want to see a competitive team for a decade, even if that only went, won one cup. Yeah, and I think Carolina is a good example of that. Carolina won the cup in 2006. Uh, then I think they made, they made the playoffs once or twice since that. And then nothing for, for like, nothing. 
nothing for like a decade. And do Carolina fans, if they win the cup this year, I know Carolina fans will be happy, but does that make up for a decade of misery? I, I don't know. Long term, I don't know. So building a team that's competitive for like for a decade, like the Bruins are now, I would love that. And Gordon did that in Boston, and he's starting to do that in New York now. And I really hope it pays off. And I've heard people say that you know getting the second overall pick in the lottery accelerates our rebuild. I disagree. I think it just, I think it's just part of the rebuild. Because uh, getting a high pick was always part of the rebuild. I think and it's I'll, I'll, even say, I'll, leave, I'll even say this before before we before we sign off is I think like we like you were talking before about Artemi Panarin. I think if the Rangers sign Artemi Panarin, it makes it even more likely they're going to trade Chris Kreider. Yes, because you could cre- trade Chris Kreider for assets and basically replace him with Panarin as a free agent. Exactly. And, and exactly. I know that I know that Panarin is twenty seven, but he has played in the KHL where you play fewer games, you play 50, 60 games a season. Uh, it's not as physical. Uh, so I, I look at it that when you, when you sign Panarin with, with, with not as much miles on the body, so to speak, I think you, you basically get a 25-year-old Panarin as a free agent. And I would gladly give that player seven years. Yep, me too. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's it for, uh, for today's podcast. If, if the listeners have any questions, just reach out to us on Twitter and we'll discuss it in the next one. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're starting to come around to having more of an identity for the show. So uh, definitely bear with us as we try to figure out how this show is going to evolve over time. And um, ideally, I'd like people who, who listen to the show and, um, and, and other Ranger fans either from – you know, other podcasts or just, you know, uh, New York Ranger Twitter in general. Maybe we'll have some guests on. So we're going to be evolving this show a lot and finding our identity over time. So hopefully that'll be a fun little ride. Exactly. And I would like to thank Russell personally for the logo that he created for us. Uh, thank yeah, you very cool. much. It's a pretty great logo. Um, and yeah, um, we upload our podcasts on SoundCloud. We are on Spotify now as well. Uh, we're still waiting for Apple to approve the the um, uh, the submission we put into uh, to be on iTunes. So if anyone is using iTunes, just be just be patient. We'll get there. And like I said, if you have any questions, reach out to us, and we'll discuss it in the next one. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Ciao.